Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. This one is explicit. Hello, how are you, Jess? Good, how are you? I'm doing peachy, keen today. I made my coffee perfect today for myself. I love it when I make it perfect. What goes in your coffee? Just uh, almond milk and sugar. No, I mean, like, what kind is it? Oh. What coffee maker do you use? Well, I'm like, just using... These I'm things using... are important. Okay. I'm, 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 no, exactly. I'm, You're just well, like milk and sugar. No, I want to know, like, is it a Keurig? Do you, like, hand press it from a French no, I do mustache? No, I do like... No, I'm kidding. I have been cold brewing my coffee lately. Okay. It's do you like buy it cold brew from Whole Foods? Um, and there is a new... Because I only... And I, I know this is odd, but... I drink decaf because regular coffee is a little bit too much for me, but I really just love the taste. So. I can't imagine why that would be. So it's just, just it's too much. It, it doesn't really. <laughs> no, you have so much energy as it is. I can only imagine what you would be like on caffeine. Well, unfortunately, it doesn't really even like make me, wa- like from the outside in, you can't really see. It actually depletes me on the outside and on the inside, it makes my heart beat really, 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 really hard. And mm-hmm. so the inside is all messed up and the outside's all a flutter. So it doesn't really work for me very well. So anyway, mm-hmm. but it is decaf and it's this new, I think it's an Allegro coffee that they just released for uh, Christmas, some kind of holiday decaf brew at Whole Foods. It comes in this like this red iridescent wrapping on it and mm-hmm. it's so delicious. It is so mm-hmm. good. I think I'm going to have to stockpile it. Because it's much better than all the other decaf coffees that I've had. I got to tell you. So Really? Like, What's yeah. the name of it again? It's Allegro. I think it's Allegro or Allegra. Uh, I, it, I don't think it's Allegro because that's the drug. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I think it's Allegro. Um, and, it, it, and so if you go to Whole Foods, they have they you, – you'll see them because their wrapping, if you will, is red. It's, you know, it's red tinsel rather than mm-hmm. anything else. That's funny. So you should check that out. And you should have that for people if you ever make decaf coffee for people because it's very tasty. I mean, we use a Keurig, so. Oh, well then. I use that. a Keurig, so we have all different kinds. And then I use, I like the Italian sweet cream creamer. So, And I like to use that so I don't have to use both cream and sugar. I feel like one shot of whatever this is is better than whatever I could be doing with two things. I've never had one of those. They actually just got it for the lips in office. But then, I mean, do I really want to tell you this? Because I heard that there's some funky stuff inside the Keurigs. For the actual makers, you mean? No, like inside the, like, they, they hold on to bacteria or something or other. I don't know. I don't want to badmouth Keurig because I don't really know much about it. I just saw an article. How is once. that possible? I mean, I, I see know. the inside of my machine every time I open it to get the little pot out and it's not wet. There are some coffee grounds in there, but it's to me like toast crumbs. Like your toast is full of toast crumbs. Like who That's cares? That's that that's totally true. Um, I I saw it a long time ago. Please don't tell me. Ask me to uh, cite my source. It's just one of those things again that like <laughs> stick in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. I'm not horrified. But um, it's so because no. you don't have to make a whole pot. That's why they're good. Oh right. Well, I don't make. Well, since mine is is cold brewed, then I just have a cup yeah. a day. So it's it's actually yeah. works well for me. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. So we have a little thankfulness to to shout out today. 
Yes, it's turkey time. It's turkey time. So we're turkey gonna be, time. We're going to be all thankful, at least in the United States, people. So if you happen to be outside of the United States, all you Canada listeners and all of you from every other part of the world, just, just be thankful along episode. with us. No, they can, they <laughs> no. can just do it with us. It works. The end of the year. Uh, does it? Do you think it annoys Canadian listeners that we're talking about Thanksgiving? Theirs was like months ago. We didn't do that, anything for them. No, we didn't because we're not in Canada. So we shouldn't pander to the Canadians is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I, I did not say that. <laughs> I said let, we can all be thankful right now for something. It's never a, not true. a good day to be thankful. So there you have it. That's true. I don't think they do the whole turkey dinner either. Let me look it up. Oh, my God. (laughs) I did see a lot of thankfulness posts, though. I did see a lot of thankfulness posts. I did. I saw a lot of thankfulness posts as well. So, But I have to tell you that there's been a really lovely change to our workflow that I am eternally very thankful about. And it's really awesome. And that is our mighty editor, Mr. John Buchanan. Yes. Yes. He is very awesome. Yes. John Bucanis, Audio Editing Solutions. I had... Dot com. Um, audio a, editing solutions dot com. Dot com. I had an interesting few days because I had to pull... Uh, just for something... I had to pull like a best of Jess for something that I was presenting. And he's our editor... And we don't talk about him that much, um, but he should be a sponsor, Elsie. We're going to make him a sponsor, I think. Anyway, um, so he was able to help me because he edits the show. He knows all the best of Jesses. He knows all the ones. I know. I think it came out good, don't you? It's awesome. He did such a fantastic job. And I have to tell you that it's been a blessing to have him in there and for yeah. him to be able to say to you to make sure your mic is on. <laughs> I know. So I don't have to. <laughs> Yes, he gave me a mic down smack, a smack down mic. What did I say? A mic down smack. I don't even know what that is. A mic smack down is I think That's what I it, meant. That's it, a mic smack. Um, I can't even say it, but yes, yeah, whatever you hard. just said. It's hard. So, um, yeah, so now Elsie doesn't have to um, berate me about my microphone. But anyway, he's a really good editor and he's very smart and he's extremely easy to work with. And I don't think he's that expensive. So audioeditingsolutions.com if you want to check him out. And I just want to say thanks for your help, John, because it really meant a lot. And Great yeah, human being, great, great person to have on your team. So just as an yeah. FYI. And so I know thanks. that he's the editor for some other people who listen to our show as well. So especially at least one other She Podcast that I... Yes, he is. Laura, I think Laura McClellan. And I think, um, yeah, a bunch of people use him. Um, Daniel Lewis uses him. As a matter of fact. Yeah, he's awesome. I love it. I love him. And I love the up level of our audio. So that should be actually part of our list later. So maybe I should just keep that there too. But I think that we have up leveled our audio sound after yeah, I we mean, came on board. That's part of this audition was like I was really grateful that it sounded so professional because I'm trying to purport myself as such. <laughs> and so I really wanted to, you know, I'm, I was grateful that it sounded so good because pulling from our beginning episodes was hard. Because we, it doesn't sound as good. Well, yeah, because there was so much going on. There was so much fluctuation from all of us, and so anyway, it's it. it and, yeah, but it. But you can always get better. I know that we can always get better. So anyway, thank you, John. Thanks. You're the best. And now we are gonna do a little bit follow up. Uh, this is a quick follow up from me, from only from my side on our fantastic gift guide that we got, and you know that bit about you talking to me about my socks. Well, it's just that 
Yes, the sock. I mean, the thing is, like, we were going through all the most delightful things we would want. And then I got to your special list and it was like, <laughs> it was like medical grade socks and text editing software. And I was like, I, like I said, I felt bad for people listening. It got to be a very boring list all of a sudden. Oh my God. But it's like, but that's <laughs> a cow happy. But anyway, a gray but here's the- knit. It's like shit your grandmother would give you. That's like your list. Well, okay, but did you? But but I now I'm updating. I'm updating a little bit. I mean, I still want those socks because those socks are awesome are and you? I love them. Let me see. All right, but let's look see. at these socks. So Grace and this Lace. is from graceandlace.com. These are adorable, aren't they? They are. She's very skinny and she's wearing very skinny jeans and then very skinny socks that are very cute. They're like a cal again. They're like a knit sweater. Yes. Um, but they look extremely warm, like slippers. I think I would need to cut them open and sew it together to make one for my leg because they look really skinny. <laughs> like, I don't think I could wear these. They're not for larger ladies. But- and I mean, I wear normal socks. Like, I can buy knee socks and wear them without a problem, just so you know in the audience. <sighs> these look special, though. Like, these are so They cute. even have like a, they have a um, bow at the top, like a lace. That looks like it might cut off circulation in my brain. <laughs> but here's the, th- the reason that I picked those is because they were like the thickest ones that I could see that might have that would actually be warm. Because you know what? I have gotten the cute socks. Like I have received the cute socks and the fuzzy socks and all those soft socks. But you have to understand that once you wear them to warm your feet, they don't work. They're not made to warm feet. They're made to look cute. So I have tested all those out and I have then decided to just throw them out and spend 30 something to 40 something dollars on a pair of socks that I actually can wear and will work rather than a pack of, you know, three, four, 15 bucks because it's, they don't work. They just don't. So anyway, (laughs) Grace and Lace. And there's a really lovely story about that. You know, those are, she was on, um, the woman who started this was on Shark Tank. And then she has this like crazy business now that uh, she's selling socks and and now has expanded into selling other things. But I really like these socks. They're very cute. So I'll They're really cute. I will put them in the show notes because they They're a huge They're huge. And that's so because you have to understand that I wear socks and I wear leg warmers every single day. Like every single day. What's the heat set on in your house? We don't really have central heating. Well, that would explain a lot. Yes. So what do you have? Like kerosene heater and We the- have a rocket stove. That's what it's called. Randy built it last winter. I'll take a picture at some point, but he built these things. And uh, that's how we heat up our place. Although it still doesn't get really close to the upstairs. And it's not like having a central heating. So that's why. Hang on. What? So you don't have an air conditioning in the summer. No. And you don't have heat in the winter. No. Yet your job is with one of the most cutting edge types of... (laughs) media and technology that there is yes but that so basically <laughs> that doesn't mean that i'm even though that's true you basically live like dolly parton <laughs> in the in the mountains in a shed i do and it's like, like the you, funnest thing ever you're like little house on the prairie but with podcasting yes it's a rocket oh, dude he built the, the stove it's like the coolest thing um there's a bunch of rocket stoves. Like you could see the rocket stoves. Like if you Google rocket stove on, um, well, on, I was going to say on Google because I just said Google, Google, Google on Google. Um, so yeah, it's really, really neat. So he, he built it. 
He built it. Someday we're going to read your daughter Hunter's <laughs> diary and it's going to read like the diary of Anne Frank. <laughs> It'll be like, today, <sighs> May and I went and picked wildflowers and it was so great. I was so grateful to feel a breeze of cool wind on my face oh my God. since summer has been especially <laughs> sweltering in our log cabin. Well, you know what? She probably she has no she's never not known that. Yeah. And then maybe she will. Maybe she'll definitely write something like that down. I don't know though. Today mama made real root beer from the bark <laughs> of a tree. Of all things. Today our babysitter wildfire with wise, <laughs> spelled with wise, taught us an old Celtic tale. I'm telling you, it is it's kind of like that. You should it, have a podcast. It totally is kind of like just that. about mountain living. Yes, I mean, like just about yes. the island. I still haven't want to go to the compost bin because it's just so annoying to go to the compost bin. I have all this food like that's just in the compost thingy, majigger that we have. It's got to it's kind of smell annoying. It does. It actually point. does not smell. Surprisingly, it doesn't. But other things do smell. And propane. So we have to order our own propane as well. So we just had to fork out like yeah. almost three hundred dollars to get it brought up. Um, and then if we run out of propane, we're screwed for hot water, for using the electric, because it's electric stove, but the, it's propane based. But but anyway, it's tough. I mean, honestly. I wonder if for the same amount of money, you guys could just go live in an apartment in Asheville and be done with it. Actually, I don't think so. Still it cheaper? Still cheaper. I think we only buy the propane. Oh my gosh. Was it twice? We've only bought it twice a year, which is not too bad. Like $600 for like gas, if you would, if you will. Which isn't too bad for a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I used mm -hmm. to, oh gosh, when I was in Pittsburgh, it was insane. It was mm -hmm. bad. We have oil heat. It was bad. It's about $1,000 for the winter. Yeah, it was bad. So, and mind you, we do have the mm -hmm. other heating as well, which, which is the rocket stove. And I do have an electric heater upstairs that we need it for. So we'll figure it out. But yes, I'm always cold. I am always cold. Yeah. But now, That's... I'm taking this conversation. I'm moving it forward. And now I'm going to come back to you Your uh, when you were talking about the Apple Watch and how, you know, how yes. like, you know, you were talking about, we were talking about all the stuff that it does and that you wanted something nice on your wrist. Well, I just came across this new thing that I really totally want. I think I am going to, I'm going to get this like, uh, like very, very soon here before it actually changes to um, the different price because they have a pre-release price for this. And it is called a Sona bracelet it's sort of like a, a leather or watch band without the watch <laughs> on it but it's like it yeah what it what yeah. i like about it it's a fitness it's a fitness one of those fitness thingies that you put on on your wrist but what it does is that it really tracks your heart rate at a deeper deeper level so it doesn't just do it when you're outside and counts beats per minute when you are running and you know kind of teaches you how to optimize your kind of like resting heart rate and that kind of stuff. But this one actually tracks it throughout. There's such an incredible science behind it. You can find the information at kaden.com slash Sona slash science slash resonance. And I'm going to have a link in the show notes for that so that you see what it does. And it really just tracks whenever you're really, you're stressing out or if you're reacting differently to in, in certain situations and how to bring yourself basically to calm down, which I feel is... I'm going to get this for Scott. It's just... How much is this thing? It's $129. That's a steal. Because he is always stressed out, dude. 
he needs to stop. This is actually really, it's fantastic. I mean, what it does, and then it, 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 it trains you to start to observe your heart rate and how to measure it and how to calm it down. And it shows you breathing exercises or it teaches you how to do that and in, influences in meditation as well. There's an app that goes along with it. And there's something that I feel that addresses a lot more to me than purely a fitness kind of thing. And also it's kind mm -hmm. of beautiful. It's very pretty. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful little bracelet. So you guys should check, definitely check it out. I just thought I'd bring it up to you just because you were talking about pretty. And I feel that, you know, for people who are having a harder time, like getting off and doing stuff and getting up and doing fitness stuff, there's something to be said for measuring what's happening with you at the moment without in your current state of whatever you're doing to mm -hmm. really see how your heart is doing, to see how you're measuring up rather than pushing yourself out. I was reading this article and I kind of related to it. So Scott gave me a, one of these bracelets. What's it called? I don't have it on at the moment because, well, I'll tell you why in a minute, but it's called, uh, it goes with the up. It's not Fitbit. The, the app is called up. It's oh, Jawbone. Jawbone, jawbone. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like the most basic one. So basically it tracks how many steps I take during the day and then also my sleep, how much light, how much sound, and then how many times I wake up during the night. And I went to swim class with Isaac and I had it on and then I took it off so that I could get in the pool. And it's been in the diaper bag ever since. This is Wednesday. I took it off Sunday. And every night before I go to sleep, I feel a sense of panic that it's not going to track my sleep. Oh. And then I think, well, that's ridiculous. I have been perfect. Ha like, I don't need it to track my sleep. And then I go to sleep. But I think the tracking itself can be addictive. It's like you have yeah, to know. That's true. I, I have to know what my sleep is like. I have to know how many steps I've taken. And then I feel like if I get, I almost am afraid. Once I read this article, I really related to it because it's like, gosh, I'm almost afraid if I get the Apple Watch. Am I going to track like how many times I pee or how many times I'm drinking water or how many times, you know, like, it, can you know too much about yourself, you think? I do. Then, I mean, I don't like feeling the panic, like what's going to happen if it doesn't track my sleep tonight? Like nothing is the answer. Nothing will happen. Right. I, I have to tell you that I, I felt the same way. That's been one of the biggest reasons why I haven't stepped into the tracking thing because there, it's a double-edged sword. So there's a part of me that I like the external information that's coming to me. I like that. I right. like tracking that. And then you do get, there's a possibility of obsession, which I completely understand. And I feel that that's kind of what my tendency is as well, which is one of the reasons mm -hmm. I wanted to step away from that because I feel from where I come from, my body and my state of health and the way that I choose what I choose I feel really needs to come from an internal source of knowledge. And then in order for that to happen, you have to have space to feel. And it's really hard to have somebody else tell you that. It's something you have to do. And I you feel have like to you choose. just started speaking another language. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> I probably did for you at this moment. But so yeah, well, because these are the things, these are the things you just said that I didn't understand. Okay. A, I feel like the knowledge has to come from an internal source. What internal source? You, you have to know. Yeah. Your heartbeat. 
yourself. You've got to know. You have to know what? How are you supposed to know how much sleep you, like quality sleep you got? Because you you are so in tuned with yourself to be able to make those decisions and say, you know what? It's not a decision. If you sleep and someone kicks you, either you acknowledge (laughs) it or you sleep through it. Yes. But how is it affecting you? Like, how is it affecting you in the, like, in, and the thing is, it's, it's about measuring the compound, the compoundedness of the same choices you do over and over and over and over again. And how we are no longer in attunement with what better suits us. So then we start to using an external something to tell us, oh, I should just stand up now. When it should just be something we do. It should be something we as humans know. That's why you need the thing. Well, (laughs) but that's like, I know, I I understand. I see both sides of the equation here, but I'm- What what equation? I don't, I guess I'm missing that it's a decision. I mean, like if you were not doing it, and something tells you to do it, and then you do it. Isn't that better than going back to what you were doing before, which was not doing it? Yes, but then what happens when you don't have that thing? You don't do it. Right. But you're reliant on it to do it, right. but you're at least healthier. Possibly, but I think that there's right, a deeper right. connection. Like, the whole thing has to be much more integrated. Like, yes, you do. And then the second thing you said, I didn't, let's go back to Okay. That. The second thing you said was that you need space. Do you mean from the thing? I mean from... <laughs> I know you're like, what? You need space for yourself. Right. Space what? from How? the Physical? stuff. From everything. Space from people, space from the food that you're eating, space from the technology specifically, space to Wait. start to listen to your insides, to your internal voice. If I, my insides say I'm hungry, I don't want space from the food I'm eating. You know what? This is a whole other... Com- no, I mean, I'm not... I'm, I love... That is going to be my big theme for next year, but maybe we can talk about it in another time because it's a huge conversation. Okay. But hunger, okay. hungry is actually my my theme for next year. It just came to me. It's such an incredible conversation that I've been having in within myself. <laughs> oh, no, that's a third topic. Wait, I'm still stuck on the first two. <laughs> I know we're not going to talk about hunger, but space. That is a good word, though, for a year. That's a great year word. What, space or hunger? Hunger. Well, yeah, yeah, hunger. Yeah. But in a, yeah. but I've been seeing it from a variety of different perspectives because I have been watching myself and and this is why I'm talking about space. I have been watching myself compulsively do things that my body doesn't want. I'm doing it I because see. I compulsively do it. Such as I, don't do I finish my food, right? I finish eating. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I'm done eating, I will then just reach for whatever sweet thing I possibly can and immediately shove it in my mouth. It's sort of like a, a complete compulsion. Whether or not I want something sweet or not, it doesn't matter. I'm doing it because I'm not thinking about it. I'm just shoving it in to calm something. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. So I've been watching mm. and trying to stop the impulse because it's not about hunger. That's not hunger. I'm not hungry. In fact, I'm full. That's interesting. And, you know, I'm, I'm full. So then I was listening, of course, I was listening to Kate's, um, actually, it was her Ayurveda summit that she did. That is Kate Stillman, one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And she did a fantastic job with this summit that she did. And there was an interview with this guy who was talking about healthy gut, a healthy gut thing. And then he went into talking about hunger, which is when I started to really develop this in a, in a kind of like a deeper way, where we don't even know anymore what happens really to our bodies when we're hungry. We don't even know what that really feels like anymore to be hungry. Mm-hmm. 
to be truly mm-hmm. hungry. And then what happens if you don't give the food? Like if you don't get it, because there's another space that happens after you're hungry and you don't eat, you're not going to die. We're going to be able to figure that out. And, and the difference between feeling full and feeling empty and that as of now, at least for myself, I don't like to feel empty in a metaphorical way and also in a physical way. So I think that there's something happened. That's what I'm, I've been totally thinking about this and meditating on this like daily because I've been thinking like, what is it about these compulsive things that I've been doing for me that are obviously not helping me physically and I'm doing it just for compulsion. And it has something to do with this feeling of emptiness, like being afraid of feeling empty. It's sort of like you immediately, the minute that you feel like, oh, a little bit of hunger, it's like, oh, we need to eat. We need to eat now because we need to feel full. And I think mm-hmm. it's more about the feeling of fullness that it's triggering something in me and I'm testing it. So I'm testing the compulsion. That's what I meant about space. We have to create space between one thing and the next. Does that make sense? Okay, that makes more sense. Yes. Okay. Now let's go back to the other thing about doing the thing or not doing the thing based on whether or not you have the thing. Yes. So like, for example, you don't drink water unless you're reminded to drink water and then you drink water and you think your perspective is that you should just drink the water and not be reliant. But the reality is people don't. And so you're saying there's two sides of the story but I don't understand what the other side is because I'll give you an example. The iPhone is so much more than just a phone, right? It does many, many, many things for us, including for me, it helps keep me organized because you should just use like a daily calendar. Well, I didn't. I would just try and remember appointments and then I would forget many of them. And so now I have a digital calendar that reminds me, well, you shouldn't need a digital calendar, right? But then I would forget things. I just forgot them. So this is better. This way is better. Because I'm reliable <laughs> for whatever, you know, or like I'm, I'm reliable or I'm smarter. I feel smart. You know, like for a person with ADD, I don't want to go back to the more original, organic, less technological way because I'm not effective. I'm not effective without it. I need the phone. And so to me, the Fitbit, the jawbone is different because it's, it's tracking And if you don't have a health concern, I'm not sure why you have to track this stuff. It just makes you obsessed with your numbers, kind of like weighing yourself every day. Like if you're a third of a pound down or not a third of a pound down, like is your health different? Not really. If I got two hours of sound sleep instead of four hours of sound sleep, like is my day going to be different? If the other sleep was light? Not really. I won't know or care. So that's why I'm not sure if it's good to track every little thing. But if there's something like what you're talking about, like reminding you to meditate, reminding you to stand up or reminding you to drink water, reminding you to, you know, avert your eyes from the screen and you're saying don't have that because you should just be doing it already. I mean, that's kind of like, I don't know, that's, there's so many things that we should just be doing already that we don't do. But because we don't do them, we need these little pieces. I think, that I think it makes our lives better, no? Sometimes. Not Because worse. I do, I so, completely agree. I mean, there are certain well, systems. Well, so how is it making someone's life worse, I guess, is what I want to know. Because they're relying on it? I think that's that's the key. It's the key of the needing of the thing in order for you. And and then there's a difference between, I, I feel that there is, I guess at the core, possibly not. But there's a difference between using your iPhone to make sure that your calendar is all set and for you to be productive. And there's a difference between you being able to intuitively know whether or not you're hydrated or not in your body. 
because that's like a human, like that's just being a human. Now we are completely disconnected from that kind of stuff. And I would say that if you are reminded to do this, like right to, to go ahead and drink your water when you need to drink a water, and that would be really helpful because you will continually be hydrated. And yes, some, especially for us as moms, we forget to do really simple stuff, which yes, it will be really helpful. My concern about that is that we don't pay attention to what it does start to begin to feel like to be hydrated. We have no understanding within our own bodies to know, hey, I'm dehydrated. I need to drink some water, even though the darn machine has not told me to drink water right now. I need to drink it right now because my body feels X, Y, and Z. For us to be able to look at our own skin and know like, oh my gosh, I'm dry because okay. of X, Y, and I Z, see. I should possibly stop having this type of food because it's drying me out. Like there's a, or I'm having, you know, digestive issues. Well, why am I having these digestive issues and start to make better choices based on your own internal understanding of your bodies rather than going like, I'm just going to go get a Tums because that really helps. And that's how I'm always going to be. I just have problems. So I think it's more a function of time. Like I don't, that what you're saying, even to, even just explaining it took more time than saying, go get a Tom's. Right. But that's never going to so, make it. It's never, I think that's also a perception. How much time we have is a perception of our own minds and how much time we don't have. I'm, I'm, that is not a perception. It is. That is a scientific, physical, uh, you know, you know what we're going to do? I will play you. What are you talking about? I'm going Time to play you perception. another piece of audio. Not not right now because I can't go find it. But next I mean, episode, I know everybody. what you're saying. I just don't agree. Next I don't episode. agree the time is a perception because it moves. It moves in scientifically pre-quantified unit measures. Yes. But when a, you, you can't perceive them, they exist. Perception or no. But here's it's the way that we are effectively using our time. And I'm not talking about productivity. I'm talking about in the mind thoughts. So let's say you start your day off and you're feeling really stressed already because you have so many things to do and not enough time. That feeling of being stressed out is a compulsive feeling that just permeates whether or not you're stressed out or not. Because even then when something doesn't happen anymore, you don't have that stressful things happening in front of you anymore. You still have that same reaction, which is feeling time as something that's escaping and you have no control over. So you're not really truly in the moment in order to take advantage of the time because what's taking over is your head. You are constantly making the, these stories up in your own head and you're not really truly grounded on what you have. So the way that the output, you know, I guess the goal would be for you to not have that perception of I'm so stressed out, I have so many things to do and just be able to do rather than think how stressed out you are. I do agree that stress can affect your productivity, but I'm just being very literal with you. I know. Because you're speaking about time as a concept and I'm speaking of it as a scientific like certainty. I don't know. I'm just being a pain in the ass basically, I think. <laughs> but so the people will tell us, the people, the people that are listening will tell us how this has now um, affected you guys. So you, I don't think no that's perception of time. I think that's just ability to deal with stress. That's not like you can't perceive that you have more or less time than you actually do. Everyone gets the same. If you're stressed about not having enough, you will inevitably not use it properly. Yes, and not have enough and feel like you don't have enough and 
in fact, well, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like if you only focus on being fat and you worry about being fat, worrying makes you eat and then you eat till you're fat. Right. Self-fulfilling prophecy. It's the same as this. You worry about not having enough time and you spend too much time worrying about it and then you lose time. It's yes. just dumb. Totally. No, yeah. totally, totally. I have, yeah. and I, I wish that I could, um, I'm going to have to have some links in the show notes to a conversation. I don't even know how you can get this though. Oh, well, no, yeah. you can't it's even It's law get of attraction this. too, isn't it? Isn't that, that's technically law of attraction. Yeah, technically that's the law of attraction, but we're talking, well, the way that I'm referring to this is actually from, um, yeah, well, I guess it could be. I never really studied the law of attraction, so I'm coming at this from the perspective of uh, yogic philosophy, from earlier texts and and whatnot that doesn't really necessarily have to do that. And it actually was a conversation with a woman named, uh, she's a doctor named Mary Jo Cravata, and Kate Mm -hmm. Stillman had an interview with her, and this conversation that she was having with her, this woman, was really resonant because she was talking about at cellular level, the perception of what we have around us in a cellular level, what is mm-hmm. a, a lot of it resolved around the conversation around time. So I just thought like it was very, very, very uh, enlightening. Although, unfortunately, I'm not sure you guys can listen. You can listen to the podcast episode that I listened to, but then she also interviewed her for like 70 minutes for her Ayurveda summit. And I think that's behind a paywall. When that interview was like, super awesome so anyway i'll have links in the show notes la 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 cool all right so now we're moving into another another bit of conversation here that is just riveting to you jess and you just now that i've derailed us to the point you know why it's because i knew this was coming oh really okay all right no i'm kidding (laughs) so we got some feedback about one of jess's favorite subjects which is Creative Commons and Copyright Infringement, which we addressed a couple of episodes ago and on episode number 73, I believe, and 74 was our wish list and it was already so long that we didn't talk about it. So we got some really awesome feedback from Chris Dirsch about Creative Commons and she sent us an email and I'm going to read the email unless you would like to read the email, Jess. I mean, it might keep my interest if I do. And you want to do it? Okay. Otherwise, I'm just sitting here like... I'm going to give you direction though, Jess. I'm going to give you direction. (laughs) Okay. You are so passionate. Okay. You're so passionate about creative commons. It's like the most passionate thing that you believe in. (laughs) I hate, I hate you. You cannot, you cannot. How about, all right. Okay. 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 Yeah. The whole thing. Yes, actually. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Here we go. All right. Chris Dersh. (laughs) I'm playing Chris Dersh in a one woman show called creative commons and copyright infringement and all that jazz. (laughs) Okay. All right. I love you both dearly, but you're wrong on this one. The thing about creators here is that they did it right. They found creative copy licensed music. They gave the right attributions. They admitted they made mistakes early on. They fixed it and then they got screwed. Creative Commons licenses are legally binding. No one forces any creator to put a license on their stuff. In fact, websites caution everyone to think about it. Because once creators put a Creative Commons license on their stuff, they just can't take it back. Nor can their record company. After they get the record deal, yeah, they cannot license Creative Commons stuff in the future. But the existing license is still there for exactly this reason. Because video game designers and film producers and yes, podcasters use that stuff as they have full legal right to do. 
and they shouldn't have to mess with their creations because you changed your mind. Using stuff explicitly licensed under Creative Commons in the correct way isn't stealing. Doing a Google image search and copying those the images is. There's a difference. What is super frustrating about this, I would really like to just end it there because I get the point. I just no, I want to read. I'm going to read the rest of it. Well, before you do, can I just say yeah. that I know it's not stealing. I'm just saying it's not smart for your end game. Creative Commons is still not paid stuff. And if you want to be safe, you use paid stuff, period. If you want to risk it, go with Creative Commons. Yeah. But just know it might get yanked. And she totally says that there. She says, I'll continue. Okay, now go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. Well, what is super fr- frustrating about this is... But you have to what? be dramatic like Well, me. I know. Because now it's past the dramatic stage. It's now into the raw emotion stage. What is okay. super... I want to frust- hear it. I really want to hear it, Elsie. <laughs> What is super frustrating about this is that the big companies send a takedown order and Libsyn or SoundCloud or whoever just follows it because, of course, they don't want to get sued and no one wants to take on Sony. So even though the little guy is in the right, the stuff gets taken down and everybody's fair use rights get chipped away a little bit more. We already have the most restrictive fair use rights of all time. By the way, thanks in large part to Disney and Mickey Mouse. And so these laws, which were supposed to protect independent creators don't me i'm going to stick with the creative commons and take the risk because i'm not ready to live in a world where sony music owns everything for 75 years that's 75 years after the death of the creator so in most cases much much longer than that and i figure independent creators need to stick together let's hope that composer of my theme music feels the same way and doesn't interfere with my total legal use of the stuff See that merited. I mean, some that's um. good. Good for you. I mean, like, Big- that's great. I I see the point. I get the idea. I'm all about co-oping. I'm just saying, eventually, if somebody doesn't want to co-op anymore, you can't get mad. And I don't want to risk that because I don't feel like going back and redoing or having my stuff yanked. I mean, I hear what you're saying about restrictive use and this and that. And, and I mean, I feel like Mickey Mouse should be paid every time someone uses those stupid ears because we didn't create Mickey. Walt did. Walt deserves money. It's popular. He deserves the money for his creation. And so do the Disney kids and grandkids or whatever. I don't I don't have anger towards Disney and Mickey Mouse. I know they're a huge corporate conglomerate. That's their right. But I don't think that she's, I mean, I think she used Disney as an example, but it's true. I know, and I don't like that Sony does that, but I'm not in the music industry. That's why I pay for royalty-free music, because I don't want to get involved in Sony and artists and people doing a, somebody doing a ditty in my office on my mic and then later trying to charge me $200,000 for it because now he's John Lennon or something. Like, no, just pay for a little doodly do 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 and be done with it. <laughs> but I mean. It's not worth it. I can see, again, I can see that. But at the same time, yeah. I'm a big proponent. And, and it's tough. I mean, it's a double-edged sword and from a, a lot of different perspectives. And there is the answer of, yes, just don't use it. But then there's also the other part where it's like, you know what? The creative commons are supposed to be just for this issue right here. And they are supposed to be legally binding. But because somebody else has more power, they simply just push that underneath the table. So... You know, I do subscribe. And if you guys do, if you are interested in this conversation and you really do want to look deeper into it, definitely subscribe to the Creative Commons newsletter. They have a really great newsletter. Go to the creativecommons.org site and get to know the issues around that. Because part of it is if you really want to do it, you got to know. You got to know what's up. 
It's not that it's not my favorite topic. It's just that I had a job once where I had to research licensed images and purchase them for Bank of America's advertising materials. And as a corporation or a business, it's not very good business to go after creative commons. Like you pay and license for the images because you don't want someone to come back for you. So from a business perspective, the creative commons thing just isn't a good idea. It's not because I think copyright is bullshit or because I think people – you know, because money makes the world go round. It's just simply from my larger experience, you would never tell MBNA or Bank of America, oh, just use Creative Commons. No problem. So why don't you treat your podcast like that? That's all. All right. All right. It's just not smart business. I get it from that perspective. But still, I think yeah. as producers, we can totally do it. And it yeah, makes yeah. me all sad right. that I can't. I mean, it I does. actually it's have. sad, but it's, you know. I have used it. Sad. I totally have used the perspective. I mean, I have used Creative Commons. And there is a part of me that makes me sad that there could be a possibility that I used an artist in one of my podcast episodes for Elsie's Yoga Kula's actually, or Elsie's Yoga class, that I used a couple of, of these, you know, musical things. And these were, I used in 2007, probably, right around there, where I used music from Creative Commons. And it would make me sad if I had to go back and, redo something or if somebody sued me because of that or I have to take that down I'd feel kind of like gypped like I'd be super sad and I don't know that I could you know have any any retribution around that other than just to take it down right so it does make right. me question and in fact I had permission from uh, the the guy I use a specific intro for Elsie's yoga class and he was a student of mine and he allowed me to use his music but I believe I actually had YouTube take down one of my uh, videos because they sort of were like, you can't use this music. And it was actually given to me by the artist who was not famous. He's just my student. But he, you know, he said you could totally use it. And what do you show? You know, so I don't know. It's, it is frustrating. Yeah, it sucks. It's frustrating. Anyway, so do you want to be thankful now? <laughs> I think that would be a nice turn of events. Yeah. Yes. And um, yes. So there you have it. And Chris, thank you so much for that feedback. I, I really yeah, appreciate it. I really appreciated you taking the time and, and being so clear about that uh, and having this I conversation. I hope you didn't mind our dramatic interpretation of your feedback. Yeah. That was kind of fun. <laughs> yes, because I do. I do totally love what you said. So anyway, here we go. So we are actually going to be talking about thankfulness for the rest of the episode now that we were like, you know, how long have we been talking now? Well, oh, we could do this. We could do this. We're doing well. Okay. 45 minutes. Yeah, I know. So it's, um, we are using a blog post that Jess actually shared with me. It is, I, from, I think you did like a really quick <laughs> research or something. And then I yeah. put it over here. And it, these questions about like conversation topics for Thanksgiving dinner. And I guess this is supposed to be like. You're supposed to talk about this stuff when you're having Thanksgiving dinner. Is that what the... This is for when you hate your family and you have nothing to say to them. And this is what it's you really talk what about? Holy cow. This would be so... No, I'm just kidding. Awkward. I mean, basically, it's like... I mean, it's for... Thanksgiving traditions vary from household to household, I'm assuming. I don't know what yours are, but like mine don't really include a lot of Thanksgiving convo. Right. It's mostly chit-chat, catch-up, and eating. And then talking about the food and then eating more. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, Mine doesn't involve football. Some people's does involve football. Some people eat in front of the TV the whole day. Some people are going to start going shopping at 4 p.m. and just forget the whole turkey thing altogether because it just makes you stick to your stomach anyway. I mean, everyone's different. But now that I have a new baby, I kind of thought it would be 
nice to start traditions. I don't know that this will necessarily be one of them, but I also sometimes feel at a dinner with my in-laws that if I don't have specific topics of conversation, I don't get to speak. What? So there's that. I never That's get to That's a talk. little bit scary to me. How do you not get to speak? Can you imagine a world no, I cannot. in which Jessica Kupferman sits at a dinner table and can't get a word in edgewise? No, I cannot. <laughs> Actually, I cannot. It is the irony of my life, Elsie. <laughs> Truly it is. <laughs> truly it is. If they only knew how interesting I truly were was, they would they would never they would never They would speak never themselves. let you shut up. They would be like, "Go, Jess, go." Give it up, you They would yo. just ask me question after question, but alas, that is not the case. And so, that's why I think this might be a good idea because then at least everyone at the table will be able to say one thing <laughs> instead of what happens now? Oh my God! Well, domination. we're gonna test it. And you- then sometimes, not only do they dominate one by one, but also sometimes together at once. Oh my gosh, is- that's just insane! So, people, you people, people that are listening, let Jessica know. Save yourselves. Let this is how. let Jessica know because this is coming out the Monday before Thanksgiving. So, as soon as oh you God. hear this, let, let, you know you finish listening to the episode. Let Jessica know whether or not she should make her family do this. <laughs> The only time I ever escaped it was when we went on a cruise the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. Dude. <laughs> That's the only time I got to get out of it. Dude. Okay. All right. You ready? So am I going first? You're going, you well, you've go got first? the notes first. We could each do each question. How's that? Okay. That sounds good. Okay. The first question is, what quality in the other person are you most thankful for? Now, in the blog post, as Elsie reminded me, the person that they're referring to is you're supposed to speak to whoever's on your left. Right. But in this case, that's Elsie because <laughs> I don't have anyone in my left. So the thing I'm the most thankful for about Elsie is her immense compassion for everything and everyone and her desire to do everything in life without hurting anyone else or anything else. Aww. I really – I'm most thankful – for that quality in you, Elsie. All right. It's my turn now. You're just very conscious, and I like that. I, for the most thankful quality that I have for Jessica is her openness, her intuitive humanness, and what that means is like her thoughtfulness and her ability oh. to be herself. Thank so you. It makes me very, I mean, I'm constantly aware of how well you manage to juggle a gazillion people's desires and needs and keep yourself pretty steady. Um, I'm starting to get to a breaking point, actually, but thank you for noticing that. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very poignant thing that you just said, because lately I've started to feel like I'm tired of serving everyone else. Like one day I just want to do one thing that I want without having to consult or serve somebody else's needs. Totally. And I'm not saying you do. I mean, you do it a a lot. But at the same time, of course, you know, you you do. You can keep it together most of the time for yourself as well. So it's time for you to go like, no more, Jess. Do it. Do it for you. I've been pushed to the edge lately. But um, I'm taking I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All right. Number two. You want to read question two? Yeah, question two is which food we'll eat tonight are you most thankful for? Or, you know, you know, on Thanksgiving. For me, if all the foods have come out tasting and cooked the right way, then I will be the most grateful for the turkey because I have had many Thanksgivings with a fucked up turkey. And 
I can tell you that if that turkey is fucked up, the rest of the dinner is as well. So every year I'm most grateful if the turkey is good. Because if the turkey is good, the gravy is good. If the gravy is good, the potatoes, the stuffing, everything else goes well. I don't like to have a dinner of just sweet potatoes. That's depressing. And I've had to do that. One year I didn't thaw the turkey enough. So I ended up just turning up the oven. The turkey was black on the outside and raw on the inside. One year we tried to fry a turkey. You can only imagine how greasy and disgusting that went. One year, I was at my stepmother's. She got a kosher turkey. She forgot that you're supposed to soak it for three days because part of the being kosher thing is that they cover it in salt. Cover it in salt. So that's why you soak it to get the friggin' salt off, which she did not do. So basically the whole dinner, we're taking, I mean, again, you ruin the gravy, you ruin the potato, you ruin everything. So my husband and I were like, eating the turkey and then like downing water just like hoarding like just basically stick your face in the sink because it's so salty that doesn't sound very thanksgiving like at all whatsoever no so that's why it's good to have a good turkey what about you though i mean like i don't think everybody else like ruins a turkey every year like me so like i'd like to know what you are the most thankful well i have to be well regarding the turkey i have been most thankful that somebody else always makes it Number two, if somebody else is making it. Hold on. Have you never made your own turkey? No, never made my own turkey. We've never really even had an oven where I would make my own turkey. When you do, call me. I'm an expert. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I've also, and if when we haven't had a turkey, I'll just go buy it at Whole Foods. (laughs) So I'll just buy some turkey slices. So there's that. Those are pretty good, actually. But now, which food we'll eat tonight is um, probably pumpkin pie with like whipped cream on top. I love that stuff. It's kind of tasty. Uh, Why do you think you're the most thankful for it? Because you only have it once a year? Because it's not like we eat it on July 4th. Yeah, it's not really something I kind of buy or make like other than for Thanksgiving. And but I really enjoy it. And it, but it's not something like if I again, like let's say I I go into the grocery store the next week or something like that. I'm still not going to go out of my way to go get a pumpkin pie. I'll end up getting something else, like some other kind of treat, chocolate something or other. And I'm always mm-hmm. super thankful of how awesome pumpkin pie is. So anyway, that's what I'm looking forward Do you to. Hear and- something funny. I'm enjoying this part of the conversation because I Thanksgiving I think might be my favorite holiday. When I was a kid, we would go to Thanksgiving at one grandparent's house and then have dessert at the other side of the family. And I was particularly grateful for this because at the other side of the family, my father's cousin, who's like his age, so she's like an aunt kind of, she made strawberry shortcake with whipped cream and strawberries, like angel food cake covered in Cool Whip. Yummy. And that was my go-to Thanksgiving dessert. And again, it was something I very rarely had the rest of the year, although that is something I do make now on July 4th. But I was so grateful to have that. I think I'm going to bring that tradition back because I love apple pie and I love pumpkin pie. I really miss the strawberry shortcake like on Thanksgiving. Like I, That's a very odd Thanksgiving dessert, but it makes me feel like home kind of. And, and I mean, I don't know why she would always do that. Maybe her family always did it. I don't know. And you know what else? Actually, this has now gone to just – weird things that people have on Thanksgiving. <laughs> but like but like when I married Scott and I started to go to his family's, they always have coleslaw. I don't think that's have you weird. ever heard of people that's pretty weird, right? Well I don't know. I don't think it's pretty weird. You have to understand that we started having Thanksgiving as immigrants. So we didn't even know there was like actual like foods <laughs> that you you know, we would have turkey, but we had turkey as a culture and as an El Salvadorian family, we had turkey. It's made completely different, but it's really, really deliciously and yum. And yeah. but we didn't really ever have like 
I never really understood the casseroles and I, we never really, I mean, people would do that, but we would just have like regular, we would have just regular, I don't know, sides, which could include coleslaw, pickled coleslaw for that matter. Yeah, yeah, um, we yeah, would have pupusas, yeah. which is our native stuff. So I don't really have like the traditional idea of what that is. I don't. There's Interesting. Yeah. I thought coleslaw was pretty weird. So therefore, I cannot really say like that is odd or weird because if you would have seen what I grew up having for Thanksgiving, you would have been like, oh my God. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is if you're if you're thumbing through Food Magazine in November, there aren't a lot of coleslaw recipes. No. Probably That's not. all I mean. Probably not. Whereas like the casseroles, the corn puddings, like that stuff I've all noticed on the table. Coleslaw was a new one for me. You know, I'd like to know actually, if you wouldn't mind commenting listeners, what stuff you have that most people don't have on your Thanksgiving table, because I'm making it, you know, I, I've made it, this is now like the third year in a row and I'd love to do, I like to do different stuff sometimes. So I'm curious. Okay. All right. Moving on. Moving on. This third doesn't question, need to be a three hour episode. Okay. What lesson have you learned this year that you're the most thankful for? Mm-hmm. I have learned a lot of lessons this year. <laughs> for me, I think trying to help and control people and not to do that anymore, like not to help and control by helping because people need to do things for themselves. And if you are always helping them, you are sometimes by default, controlling them to a point where they can't function on their own. And I think for obviously for my oldest child and in some ways for my youngest, I have inhibited their growth because even with Isaac, like sometimes I have to remind myself that if he bumps his head, don't necessarily go over there unless he looks for me or if I see him trying to pull things apart. Let him pull them apart. You know, like your instinct is to like, here, mommy will build it. Mommy will pull it apart. Mommy will get that for you. Oh, you dropped that. No, like let him see the consequence of what happens when you can't or it's very hard. I obviously, I obviously have a problem. I'm a, I'm a helpaholic. Helpaholic. And I I think I have a problem. That's good. So no, I mean like when it comes to my middle child, I'm not quite sure how I've inhibited his he's an interesting little duck he seems to be doing well without me which is fine like I don't need to help him with much he's pretty independent but I think this also goes like it it applies to a lot of areas not just my daughter not just my son like my husband because we had a baby I did a lot of like here's my tip for how to do everything that you're not doing correctly (laughs) And for my sister-in-law, like, here's my tip for managing your relationships that you're obviously not doing it correctly. (laughs) I do it everywhere. And Elsie, I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm as strongly willed about it with you. And I don't think I'm inhibiting you from doing anything, certainly. But I do know that when you're struggling with something, like, I just tell you how I I fix it. You didn't, you don't always ask, I don't think. No. But that's, I mean, I, but yeah, but, it, but it, part of it is that I, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I, but it's weird because that aligns with sort of like what I've learned. Oh, that aligns year. with your lesson? Yeah. Because, What's your lesson? Because my Let's lesson is that it's really, really nice to have a partner in both business and in life. Like that's a big lesson for me. I've never had that. I mean, yeah. Like I've never. I think having you as a partner has really helped me learn this lesson actually. Yeah, so that that's been huge because I I often just push on my own and I'll do things on my own and want to do things yeah. everything on my own and I don't usually take direction very well. I, I mean, 
I think it's not that I don't take right. direction very well. I take direction very well in a very low st- low stakes settings. Like use this program rather than this program. Try making the image blue instead of green or you know what I mean? Like I I'm super fine with all of that back and forth. Like I'm not That's just like feedback. Yeah. That's not the same. Like that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But if it's something that is a lot higher stakes like how would I – let me see. What would be, like, more higher stakes? Like, if I have two specific doctors that I want to take my girls to, and I've done a lot mm-hmm. of research, more likely than not, I will sit and mull over it rather than ask somebody else's opinion about it. Mm. You know, like, stuff like that where I will just be, like – and then you have, I think, by example, less than you asking me, um, th- that are the way that I watch you – ask for feedback and help or request certain things I go oh well maybe I should open up about this project I'm working about maybe I should ask for help about this situation that I have and it's so it's really helped me and and when I say you know with you with the business stuff and of course in the personal stuff as well that we share but also having you know Randy as a a sounding board for me has been also a really great lesson to continue to learn that you know even that I need to to have those conversations that uh, I need to stay open to receive feedback and not just push through it on myself. Well, two things. One is that you're one of the few people that I, I think one of the reasons you're helping me learn this lesson not to control everything is because you're one of the few people that I fully trust to like go on and be and do without me. Like you're fine whether I'm on it or not on it. You're fine whether I'm helping or not helping, like you'll be fine. And so because of that, and because I know you're so good at what you do, like I value your opinion enough not to feel like I have to interject all the time, which is helpful because I'm starting to look at other people that way as someone that I can trust to be fine without me. Also, I think it's interesting that you added in life and the stuff that you maybe wrote about, um, you know, I think maybe you might be learning that lesson because you're finally at a point where you don't have to suffer so much all the time. Like he can be more of a partner to you because they're not so reliant on you because you're not breastfeeding and you're not, you know, like you you don't have to be the sole source of comfort every second. Totally. They're growing, they're growing just enough to a point where they're slightly more independent and it's such a relief. It's like you probably couldn't remember what life was like. I know. And that's like my other part of the big lesson that I learned that everybody told me, you know, when I was like not having any sleep, when I had like somebody attached to my boo for like seven years straight, I was just like, I don't know if I can handle this anymore. I honestly was like, this is it. I don't know how to make this go away. I can't handle it. The rest of my life is going to be like this. And I, and I just started to lose (laughs) my head, you know? And then everybody was like, it's just a phase. They will stop yep. when they're ready. And it was like, that's like the worst thing you could tell a mother is I they know. will just stop. It'll just, will stop one day. It'll just stop. Because they just want to shake you and scream when. Yes, exactly. When will this happen? They want to shake you and give you infant sudden death syndrome. Exactly. And so. When you say that. But what happened is that it did change. Like both of them sleep through the night. I'm no longer breastfeeding. Uh, you know, Maymay was weaned in June. And everybody's sleeping. So I'm happy. Hunter has her own bed. And I have an angry child in front of me. I hear somebody's snuffing. I know. I'm not sure what's happening. It's Sniffing like, and snuffing. She's Do you need of, to find out? Well, um, yeah. Give me one second. Let's okay. see what's going on. Okay. I'm back. Um, and, and I apologize and ahead Yay. of time because while I was gone, there was lots of things that happened. And now I have a construction site inside of my house. So you're going to hear that noise right now, but it's not going to be for the whole time. But anyway, how about you read the fourth question that we're going into now? The fourth question is, what 
book or movie this year have you been thankful for? Go, Jess. Go, Jess. The answer, none. What? Get out. I don't have any. Nope. <gasps> you, did, you didn't read any books and you didn't watch any movies? I mean, I, I'm sure I did, but I don't have a, I'm not grateful for any of them. They're, none of them have been life-changing or helpful or what about moving. What about a TV show? I'm grateful for a lot of TV shows, actually. I mean, if I had to say a book I was grateful for, I would say the book from... Oh, wait. Shame on me. Shame I on you. say that. There is a book that I do refer to often. It is called The Wonder Weeks. Oh, and it, okay. Yes. It's a developmental, a child's developmental book that tells you when they're going through something called leaps. For example, Isaac is doing a leap right now and it lasts about seven days. During these weeks, Isaac will make the eight leap in his mental development known as the world of programs. He will be able to perceive a whole sequence of actions as one thing. For example, putting a dirty plate in the water, washing it and putting it in the rag. This is the time period now where he's learning how to do these things. When they go through a leap, they become fussy and then they become clingy and it's because they're learning new things. Sometimes they regress. But basically what it is, is like a book to tell you what they're learning, how to encourage that learning process, what games to play to encourage that learning process. It's really interesting. And there's an app that goes with it with a chart that tells you like basically when the leap is over. They also will tend to like, for example, during this time, like if you notice your child had like a three hour nap, which is unheard of, it's probably because they're learning so much and they're mentally exhausted or just whatever. So I'm, I'm actually really grateful for that book. And if you're listening and you have a baby up into uh, 60, I'm sorry, 76 and a half weeks, which I can't do the math at this moment and figure out, but <laughs> that's like scary. That sounds like old 76, 76 and, a half and a half weeks. Well, I mean, it's not quite two. Right. Because a year is 52 weeks. So, yeah, then you should get this book because it has really been helpful as far as like and I can see some of the things like he's doing. Like, for example, like the last leap, just as an example, was sequences, um, abilities. Okay, so answers questions like how big are you? And he raises his arms, says, hmm, if he wants another bite, points at things, puts together a puzzle, understands you have to speak into like the part of the phone, points on where to go, stacking things. And, you know, and so. Consequently, if I know he's learning that now, like I'll give him like a stack of rings and see if he can put them on the pole or I'll give him, you know, the phone and see if he knows what to do with it. Cause I know that's the kind of stuff he's learning right now. That's the last leap. And he does all those things now. That's cool. Everything I just listed, he already does. Like if I do a game, he can like peekaboo. If I put something on my head, he'll make a hat of it on his head. Yeah, it is really cool. He can do it. See, but see spider now, even though he doesn't talk like I, like if I grab his hands to start to do it, he puts his hand in the motion, like puts his little pinky out for the spider. Right. That kind of stuff. Well, that's good. What is it called so, again? You're going to have to write it in the show notes because it's not it's in called, our show notes right now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's called The Wonder Weeks. And let me see uh, by Dr. Franz. Pluge. Franz Pluge. I guess he's Swedish. About well, that's this good. App. That's a cute. That's a cute book. It's a fun book. I'll just do the uh, thewonderweeks.com. I think that's what it is. So yeah, okay. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I'll just put it in my thing that I'm that we're doing, so that you can see it. <laughs> in our thing that we're doing. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. So I. All right, so what about you? Yes, I'm sure. I loved. I I read a ton of books this year, but the one that I think that I'm gonna, the one I guess that I'm gonna mention this time is the life changing magic of tidying up, by Marie Kondo. And it's like one of those hip books, you know, that everybody was reading this year or maybe at the end of last year really? or whatever. Yeah, it was big. It was like everywhere. It was like in my face. And I kept seeing it and I was like, I do not, do not 
want to read this book. Like it was sort of like, why? I'm just not going to read it. And then um, we had a conversation. Again, Kate's like the third wheel over here. Kate and I were having a, Kate Stillman and I were having a conversation on the phone. And she said, she mentioned this book. And I thought, oh my God, it's like, really? Really? You are telling me about this book? Because I thought she would be the last person to ever tell me. So I'm like, okay, I'll read it. I'll read it. Yeah. And sure enough, it uh, really kind of drove some things home. So it's not the kind of book that for me, it's not like you read this book and it changes your life. It was sort of like at this stage of my life, I was ready to finally hear the message. Do you know what I mean? Like it could have been a different book. It could have been a different teacher. It could have been, I don't know. I think it was the right time. I was ready to hear it because sometimes people tell you the same things over and over again, but you're not ready to hear it. So I kind of was finally ready to to move from my place of chaos, which is how I generally lived, uh, to a little bit much more magical place of making sure that I was cleaning things up. And um, yeah, so it really fundamentally changed a lot of how I live in my house and and uh, run my household. How's that? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it is life-changing. You'll never be the same. Yeah. So now there's like, yeah, there's like a bunch of things that we're going to address later on. So that was my thing. I was a huge sloppy mess until I met Scott. He's OCD. I have ADD. He has OCD. So after a few times of cleaning my apartment, he basically told me if I didn't start keeping it that way, he was going to dump me. They're nothing like straight up truth, man. Well, actually what he did tell me, Elsie, is that he doesn't understand why I don't love myself enough to think I deserve a clean home. Oh, out. <laughs> and I really had to think about that. Like, I basically yeah. was like, that's not true. I just don't notice. I'm just too busy. And he was like, yeah, you're a single mom with two kids under the age of five, but they deserve a clean home too. And I was like, ouch, get me where it hurts, brother. So I just started doing it. And then when I was at his house, I mean, his house... By the way, when I when we would go to his condo, the three of us, boy, they were scared to death to make a mess because it looked like the showroom for the apartment complex. Like even the remotes had their own basket and it wasn't on the coffee table. Like that coffee table looked like it had been recently glass plussed. Let's put it that way. Like that was clean apartment. And we were terrified of messing it up or making a mess. And so, you know, when we merge together, like we have a good merge now. I'll tell you, my house does not look like the show house, but no one would ever come in here. Uh, Not according to Scott, but according to a normal person, no one comes in here going, oh, my God, her house is a pigsty. He would say that. But like my cleaning lady says, like, this is by far one of the best, (laughs) the cleanest houses I clean. That is awesome. Yeah, I really just hire a cleaning lady to do this stuff that I don't want to and I'm not really good at doing, like cleaning the toilet, scrubbing the tile, that kind of stuff, like clean, like scrubbing the floors, like doing um, hardwood floor waxing. Like, I don't know how to, I've never been taught to do that stuff and I don't know how. And if it doesn't get done every two weeks, my husband goes insane. So like, that's all she does. It doesn't cost that much because we can keep it clean the rest of the time. Right. No, those those are really great, great, great key things. And I've been really, I mean, I, you know, Randy had that conversation with me, not just once, but many times. And I just couldn't get my self together. You know, I, uh, once you start doing it, you'll go into somebody's house who isn't, that isn't as clean. And you'll be like, I can't sit here. I can't live like this. I got to go home. I can't sit in other people's houses if they're cluttered and dirty. It makes me so uncomfortable, but I'm saying you'll be that way as well. I, I used to be the worst, the worst. Yeah. It, it takes a certain level of 
being ready takes a certain level of saying yes and like, you know, sucking it up and taking action. And it worked for me. I mean, I'm not. It's also, I don't know if the book said it, but it's also ongoing maintenance. Like you just don't go to bed with dishes in the sink. You just don't leave the kitchen table with crumbs on it. You just don't, you know what I mean? Like, like you just don't leave the bathroom with water on the sink. Like there's little things that you just do every time so that it doesn't pile up. That's all. Yeah. So I'm getting better, but I mean, it's been a huge, it's been huge transition for me. So that, that was that. So let's move to number five. What personal accomplishment this year are you thankful for? Okay. So I, I kind of like mixed it all up, like, um, all of my podcasting related activities and being able to sustain them because really there's been a lot that I have done and that we have done that is podcasting related, including the webinars, including podcasting school for women, including like all the other stuff in between that we've done. And we kind of are still doing it, (laughs) you know, and the feed and the show notes and the marketing and the watching the audience grow and the getting behind the mic and doing it again. And there's something about that, that I'm, I'm very proud of that it takes a lot to sustain. It's so exciting when you first launch. It's a whole other animal when you keep going at it. So I, And when it grows. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the sustaining. And I'm actually proud of the of the community that we started because it's it's ours and then it ebbs and flows, meaning that it has its own life as well. And there's something really lovely about that. So I'm still- I'm really proud of it too, actually. Yep, 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 yep. So what about you? The personal accomplishment for me is to be able to forgive other people for just whatever things I don't approve of or I'm not comfortable about. And then also myself, forgiving myself, feeling, you know, not blaming everything on myself, not blaming everything on other people. I don't know what I wrote specifically is forgiveness of myself, of other people in the family, my sister-in-law, my daughter, and allowing them, you know, being able to grow, watching them grow and being able to grow. I don't know. I, you know, everyone tells me I should go to Al-Anon or Naranon and I don't like to go, but I do know that the, I mean, I've been once and I do know that the main message is that you have to step back and allow people to just do their thing and not interfere pretty much. And so, but, but there's a whole nother thing going on when you forgive someone for being like weak or loving someone who isn't good for them or for, not having their shit together. And like Laura, my nanny, she's a perfect example because when I was pregnant, I don't know why, but for some reason, I do know why. When I was pregnant, Emily was living here and she was sneaky as daughters are. And she was like, anytime that she would get in trouble and be grounded, which was often because she was drinking, you know, um, she would say, she would give me a whole fit about how she didn't deserve to be grounded, didn't want to be grounded. And then I would stand my ground. And then she would say, well, can I go over to Aunt Laura's? Aunt Laura invited me to go do this or that. Basically what would happen was my daughter would complain to my my sister-in-law and my sister-in-law would invite her to have a break from me that she would want to take her up on. And I didn't appreciate it. Right. I didn't appreciate it because yeah, I thought it was underhanded. And I also didn't appreciate it because I didn't I can't know if she's listening to me. I didn't know that she was necessarily that great of an influence because she doesn't really have her shit together either. Like I like the way pers- you're I like the way that you're whispering, but you know we are podcasting. And this she doesn't listen to my podcast. Are you serious? <laughs> listen, she does not listen to my podcast. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Oh Trust me. It's just, so anyway. I just think it was hilarious. It's like you're like, and now I'm gonna whisper. To thousands of people that are listening right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
<laughs> but it's okay. All right. Listen, yes. I mean, okay. listen, wouldn't you do the same thing? I mean, do you know, you know that you talk about like your parents cause they don't listen or whatever. Like I know well, my mom listen. does. Your mom does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I, mean, I, I get it. I totally get it. So, I get it. I haven't said anything terrible. It's just that, you know, they, they have similar personality flaws. Let's just say that okay. they, they give into temptation. They love people that aren't good for that, whatever. And so I didn't, I didn't like anything that was going on there. And consequently, as a pregnant person, I just decided I didn't want to see my sister-in-law ever. And she, and when I, every time I did see her, she kept implying that she was going to be the nanny, to which I said, when hell freezes over, it's never happening. No, absolutely not. And then Scott would be like, I mean, maybe it's a good idea. And I'm like, no, it's not a good idea because you can't fire your sister and it's not going to work because of this and it's not going to work because of that. And I just wouldn't hear it. And then as soon as he was born, she was the only person to make us a meal. She was the only person to go grocery shopping for us. She was the only person that would hold him so I would shower. She was the only person that said, go to sleep. I got this. And I was right. like, that bitch is my nanny. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I changed it just like that. Oh, because, it was like, but, yeah. But there were, but you know, I'll tell you something else though. That relationship has morphed a lot. And I, and some of it was because of my husband, but like they have a different relationship. Like she c can be a touchy person and I like to tell the truth. So that doesn't always go. It's not easy to be around somebody who's touchy if you like to tell people how it is. So I just told myself if she was going to be my nanny, I was going to find a way to, to tell her what I thought when things were, you know, negative and just deal the consequences. That I was going to force right. her to hear the truth because they don't tell her the truth about like they're yeah. afraid because she 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 will slam the door and not talk to you for a month. I can't have that. She's a nanny. Right. And plus, y you're right. I mean, that's that's a part of uh, somebody else helps us do do that. Right. As you yeah, heard from right. our craziness right. of it's the children. It's enabling. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So like so consequently, though. I've been able to look past the stuff that I didn't approve of before with her. I've been able to watch her grow, actually, as a result of me telling her what is and isn't a good idea. Nobody else will seem to have the balls to tell her. And the same with my daughter. Like, I'm okay with the things that she's done that's gotten her to this point, even though I'm horrified by them. I'm not angry at her. Does that make sense? I don't have yes, to be angry does. at her. It doesn't. I don't have to be angry with her for being an addict or for doing the things that addicts do. I can forgive her for being those things and still love her, even though I don't approve of all the things she does. Yep. Yeah. So that's a huge. Believe it or not, this is a huge personal accomplishment for me because I'm extremely judgmental. I'm not gonna lie. Well, good. Well, I am super, super stoked for you. <laughs> it's a lot different than sustaining a podcast, but what what can I say? I've yes. had a lot of personal. BS this year. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's like, I just kept thinking and, and you know, well, yeah, let's keep going. Cause if not, we can veer off. Well, for I another, mean, that brings me into the next one. So I'll just yes. start with this one okay. myself. So what, what disappointment this year are you thankful for? And believe it or not, the greatest disappointment this year that I'm could not be more thankful for is that she became an addict because pre addict, I explained to you just a little bit about what she was like. She would get in trouble, be late for curfew, not have money, not do what she was supposed to do, skip school. I would punish her. She would somehow get out of it or just become an emotional terrorist. And then she would scream at me about how she didn't want to be in my house. She was basically, she was a terror to live with. And now, yes, she's a struggling drug addict, but she's sober. She's working very hard to be sober. But she's more than that. She's grateful for what she had here. She's more aware of her actions and how they affect other people. She's, what's the word? Sorry. And right. feels humility and humbleness where she never did before. She's much less entitled. 
she went from demanding that she have a car or she wouldn't go to school to a person who just takes the bus all over town because she knows she can't be, I mean, you know, that I don't want to trust her with a car anymore. She just sucked it up and just does what she needs to do now to find a job, to tell me she's grateful, to tell me I didn't know what I had. Last night, as a perfect example, she um, came, She, you know, she's only been out a couple of days from rehab She's and she's sober and she was feeling, you know, she had, I guess, an instance with a friend and her the guy's father was there and offered her a drink and I don't know, it made her upset, made her nervous. And um, she was very close to calling the person who would give her drugs. And, and because I'm a controlling asshole, I blocked that person from her phone. She called me and thanked me. Hmm. She was like, I know that I would normally be furious at you, at you for meddling and then tell you that it's not your right, but it's your phone and I understand why you did it. And actually tonight it saved my life. So thank you. That's because I don't want to. Awesome. Yeah. That's like, good. I don't want to relapse. How, I mean, but isn't that not the weirdest thing to be grateful that your child is an addict? I mean, that's no, I mean, insane. I think that that's but, what but now, this... no matter what happens to her, she is forever changed for the better, even though she's struggling. She's actually getting to the bottom of why and can, you know, pinpoint what things she needs to work on. Like, it's so different. It's totally different experience. Right. Being with. Well, that's really, that's really, really powerful stuff. I mean, I think that's what it is. And I, you know, I don't know if I, it was a cop out for me when it says what disappointment this year you're thankful for, but I wrote not being at the, on the panel at podcast movement (laughs) because of that conversation that we had, you know, it's, it, it really kind of, well, actually that whole time, I don't even know if that was a disappointment though. I mean, it's just, that was a word that I was like hung up on, like disappointed. Like I haven't been disappointed this year, I don't think I've had like a disappointment where I'm like, oh my God, like where I feel defeated and sad. Like, I guess parenting makes me feel like that once in a while where I'm like, I totally suck as a mom sometimes, you know, and, and I get, to, I guess that's what one of the biggest ones. Maybe if I really look yeah, at that, yeah. it makes me feel like, oh, I think, dude, that sucks. I certainly never meant to make you feel bad about that panel, but I'm actually very grateful. That's the thing that you could be disappointed for because- I'm glad nothing else was worse than that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I completely understand all of that stuff and, and, and why you talked with me. And at the same time, I was having a hard time with a lot of different things that were going on at that time. I wasn't. Did that actually help you work through any of that? Yeah, by, it, by it did because. And having, me, and having me pointed out to you, did it actually change? any part of like how you'll travel going forward because that would be no that would be something for I would have. no well, I think it. that this is what it changed it changed my lack of seeing other ways of doing things there was no fretting about my answer you know what I mean like there's times when and, and that actually goes back to where I don't know if we were talking about this on the podcast now that I forget that I sometimes will decide something and I just will not hear anybody else's side. We were just talking about this, right? Where it was like, I'm, I don't listen to, uh, I, I, I'm kind of like controlling in my own way, not about the little things again, just about the big things. And so when I decide something, I decide it, period, and I don't care what you say. And that's usually what happens and it happens really fast. And there's no, dissu- there's not making me have a different a different choice. And what you made me see is that there were other choices and I refused to see them. So that can be applied to almost everything. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily just apply to business. It, it applies to the way that I deal with my girls. It applies with the g- way that I discuss things with Randy. It, it, it applies to the way that I do uh, any, my work. 
uh, that there are other ways to do things and that just because I decide one way doesn't mean that I just have to keep going and never change my mind or never try to do it a different way. So it kind of softened me to that because I put myself in that position and I did it because of my own, like I just said, that this is the only choice I had is basically what I said to myself. Yeah. So, you know, that's it. And so, and so there was no, there. It, it's like, this is it. Whereas I was obviously wrong about the fact that you only had that choice because you didn't feel safe about being on the panel. But I'm still, yeah, I'm still glad that that helped you see like, when you want something, you just keep wiggling and wiggling and wiggling until you get it. Five minutes here, 10 minutes there, change the flight, see if you can do this. I mean, totally. like, I'm for me, like something like that, I'm kind of tenacious about like working stuff out until I can figure out. It's probably why I'm a good designer because I'm just like, oh, you want the header here? Well, maybe I can put it here instead. Maybe I can put it here. Let's do it in the sidebar. Maybe, you know, like I'm, all, I'm constantly yeah. negotiating to figure out a solution. Yeah. You know, whereas like you, you just made up your mind, like the header has to be at the top, the end. Bye. I know that's exact because I feel like it's wasted time. But now that you're saying this, I started laughing because I just looked at your answer for number seven. So you're going to have to do it. Now. <laughs> okay. Uh, number seven, which is what new skill that you've learned this year are you thankful for? Because I really couldn't think of any. In fact, I think my skills have diminished from having a child. I don't know. I don't definitely don't feel smarter, but I think I can make messy hair look cool, maybe. That's my skill. You totally can make messy well, hair look cool. The way I, I didn't know that I could, but like I was really frustrated because my hair has grown so much even since August that I don't know what to do with it. And so when Amy Scott was here, she was just like, I mean, it kind of looks good right now the way it is. And I hadn't done, like I literally had woken up and answered the door. Like I, I didn't wet it. I didn't put gel in it. I didn't do anything. It basically just looked like I took a, like a rolling brush and just like just looked like I had tossed and turned in bed. And, and she was like, it actually looks kind of cool. And I was like, really? <laughs> you mean well, you mean the messier it is, the better it looks? I think it Sold. probably does. It totally, I think that, that it, I, I tend to agree with her. I mean, from the little, but mind you, here's the thing too. It's like it never, that's what's so hard about growing your hair out because it's always in a different stage of, like you finally yeah. think it looks good like this and then it grows like a quarter of an inch more and you're like, oh, now yes. I got to redo it this way. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I still can't tell if washing it helps or not, because like if I do wash it, it becomes more pliable and therefore it doesn't stand out the way. Like if I don't wash it, it's almost like Play-Doh where I can just mold and shape it however I want. Anyway, of course, no, not washing skill. it's always a bonus. There's always something always. nice. When I had shorter hair, not washing it made my hair better. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. now with long hair, so, it actually looks better when I do wash it. But of course, cause whatever. Right, of course. Yeah, no, that makes, I mean, mine does too. And it's long. It's terrible if I don't wash it. Anyway, but yeah, so I couldn't think of any good skills. So that's my skill. That's What about skill. you? Okay, good. My skill was folding everyone's clothes neatly. Because I did the, kun, like the kunmaya, is that how you say it? Kunmari method, which is the, from the life-changing magic of tidying up thing. And it was one of those things that when I read the book, I was like, oh, give me a break. I'm not going to fold the clothes like this. And again, it was like, get out. And Does I make just, a difference? Um, yeah, because my girls are able to keep their clothes neat. And so mm -hmm. I, I fold all the little clothes in little tiny squares, like she says, and I put them into the little bins that they all have and they take them out like they're books. Blink, blink, blink. <laughs> and they totally keep them neat. I mean, I'm in awe, Jess. I'm in awe. I decided I was going to do it for myself just to see what everything looked like. And they go to their clothes and they treat their clothes amazingly 
everything stays neat, everything gets put back where it's supposed to be. And the only reason that there's like a little bit of like crazy chaos is because where we're putting the clothes, like we don't really even have any, how do you say it? Drawers and like places to put the clothes. We have little yeah, tiny. Yeah, like a dresser or whatever. Yeah, we don't have any dressers or anything like that. We have little tiny like plastic container things that you stick, you know, those little plastic containers for storage stuff. So that's where they have all their little clothes stick up. And then even their panties are all folded up into tiny little squares. And they put they take them out and they put them back in. It's just so cute. So anyway, folding everybody's laundry and everybody's clothes neatly has been a huge thing. Even my clothes are pretty much um, all folded up that way. And I'm sort of like in awe because I honestly thought it wasn't going to work. But it did. Wow. So there's that. And so moving to number eight, which kind of goes along with this. Uh, what habit have you developed this year that you are most thankful for? My habit, other than folding the clothes, has been making a day, my bed every day and cleaning up the clutter as much as I can. But the bed, definitely. I did never, never, never. I was never a bed maker. So it makes a difference when you go to get There's that. It. Yeah. My answer for this is... That was a shortcut for what I was going to say. But the habit I've developed this year that I'm the most thankful for is I called it naked time with the baby. So like when the baby was really little. (laughs) (laughs) So like now I guess you're supposed to have like a specific schedule with babies from the time that they make their way into the world. And one of those things you're supposed to do with them is like naked time. So like when you're done with the day and you bring them upstairs and you give them a bath either before or after the bath. You give them some time to just sort of like, you know, feel their body, figure out how it moves, stuff like that. And so when he was really little and we would come upstairs for his, you know, evening bottles and just probably because we were exhausted and we would do that. I would play him music because he had reflux. And so, you know, I, it actually kept me thin for a little while. I was like playing music and bouncing his little tush all over the room and like just trying to keep him quiet so he didn't throw up. exercise. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was constant movement for like four months. And, you know, and then when he became more aware, that morphed into him like just laying on the cloth and like uh, me playing with his feet and him laughing or I would sing and then he would sing back to me. And then that kind of morphed into, you know, time lasted probably until uh, probably until he could crawl. He doesn't really hang out with me and lay. So like, but now before bed, he still gets naked before bath because that would just be stupid. But like, we still have that time period like after dinner. So the time period is still there. It's just that he's no longer naked. But like tonight we're going to have dinner. Dinner is at five, anytime between five and five thirty. It's usually over by six. I make the two two bottles, one for night, one for morning. I bring them upstairs. Daddy, you know, finishes cleaning up whatever I didn't see or missed because that's my life. And then because I my clean God. up and then he goes after me and really cleans up. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it so takes him 15 minutes. Cool. Okay. Is that funny or what? It is so funny. Like, and I at clean- the same time, kind of exciting. I mean, I, I'm sure he has to compulsively do it, but I would like that myself. But anyway, go ahead. Kind of nice. But then also he complains. So it does. It's not always good. But anyway, so um, yeah. So I take the baby. I carry as much crap as I can upstairs. His dirty outfits from earlier and whatever else I can carry. Take it by computer. Take it all upstairs. Put it all down. Put the bottles in the little fridge upstairs. He sits on the bed, plays with a few toys. We play together, wait for daddy to come up. And then daddy, when he wasn't sick, would go and give Isaac a bath. And then I would read or look at whatever. I would fiddle for about 20 minutes until Isaac came out of the bath. Then I would get him dressed for bed. And then we would play some more, you know, just not play, but like he sits with us. 
He looks at what we're doing. We watch TV. He plays with his toy. We're just all in bed there together, hanging out, doing whatever. Then he has a bottle and then he goes to sleep. And then, you know, Scott and I just stay up there and watch TV. And that's like our, his naked time with the baby. But it's like a 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. ritual. And it's nice. I'm no longer oh, having to bounce him. I, I don't I don't always have to play music for him. But like we always play peekaboo or sometimes like I'll stick my leg under the covers like as high as I can. Like I'm kicking to make him a tent so he can like crawl around in under the bed, <laughs> like crawl on under the bed and like thinks it's hilarious because like it's like a it's like his own personal floral tent. Love it. He's Does that so, make sense at all? so cute. Yes, 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 totally. And I love it. It's kind of fun that we have mommy, daddy, baby time. It's kind of nice. I love that. I think it's delicious. So that's the, yeah, and so yummy. that little, yeah, so that's my little habit that I'm most thankful for because I never had that with my other two. Yay. We didn't have a schedule with the other two. So yeah, it was good. And then lastly, what is the one thing in life you're most thankful for? This is very hard to answer, I thought. I totally it. No, I I was actually. Um, Are you waiting was, for me to say more? No, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah, because I thought like, well, yeah, because I wanted to say I, I was very hard. And then you tell me what it was because no, but you're right. I, I just thought like, what's the one thing? It's like, there's no. No, it's an so experience. It's like a. I'm very grateful for my family, for my friends, for support, for a lot of things. It was very hard for me to choose the one thing for security, for. Yeah, there's a lot. There's like a gazillion things. Mm -hmm. For our community, for our, yeah, there's just a lot. But the most thankful was hard for me. Do you want to share yours for maybe? Yeah, I I I will. Well, I just, basically one of the biggest things is just my family, you know, to have it the way that it is and the way that we are. It's just, we were just, you know, downstairs earlier today. And it's, you know, yeah, we're very unique. I mean, you laugh at us all the time. We're with us a lot of the time. But, but I also, do... that's the thing I'm the most grateful for about you, though, if you recall. Yes. That, that you live your life in a way that is the least negatively impactful for other people. Yeah. But I, I didn't just mean that in your behavior. I also meant in that the way you live your daily life. Yeah. And it's, um, it, it's something that I, I don't know, it's like it's so... I'm so, I feel just feel so lucky and so grateful that we get to live up in the mountains in this way that we are also people that can take it, you know, because I'm not, you know, not everybody could do what we do and I'm not asking everybody to do what we do. Uh, There are a lot of people that that would leave here really quickly. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of things like that. And I'm, I love the fact that we are so capable of taking care of ourselves and, and standing by our values and. And being able to have the life that we have that I can't, sometimes I kind of pinch myself because I know we don't really have a lot of like um, material things. So we don't really have, we have stuff, but we don't really have, I mean, there's a lot of things like we don't have dressers. There's lots of basic, we don't, I know this is going to shock you, Jess, but we don't have a couch. Like there's no couch here. There's no table here. We actually don't have any of that. There's not room for it. It's a really tiny little cabin. So what we do, we optimize, we we have always experimented. We've always done what we do. And it does take, a, you know, very unique people to kind of live the way that we do. <laughs> and so... Where do you sit? Well... Like on the floor? We, we have chairs. We have three red chairs that we move from place to place. So it's kind of hard. It's like, that's why we don't really have anybody come over. It's not because we don't want people to come over, but we don't really have anywhere to put them. Like there's no right. place to sit. Even when we first, I mean, sometimes I'll sit on the stairs and eat if the girls are 
eating like on the desk because we kind of use the desk where the computer is. It's all cleaned up. So that's kind of where they have their food. And then if, we, if all of us are together, we don't really even have a table really to go sit in because there's no room for, for a table. For the love of God. I know. So there's that. But we're still... I just Now I imagine the four of you all just standing around all the time. <laughs> it's very... That's why it's so hard because daddy doesn't even have a chance, a place to go kind of relax, you know, sit down in his favorite chair. Like that does not exist in our home. So what it would be do? like, he comes upstairs and lies on our bed because it's the only place where you could kind of be comfortable and lie down. So up in the bedroom, which is upstairs and there's another bed too that you could lie on, but still there is no like where you could go hang out. You can't go hang out on the couch in our house. But Again, these are tiny little things that for us, yeah, it feels really awesome when we go to grandma's house and there's like all kinds of couches and chairs and cable and, and central heating. And we're like, wow, this is so cool. But but really, it's like not in a priority. Like it's not like when we think about stuff that we want to buy, it's not about getting a couch. It's not about getting a table. It's about other things that we have going on over here. We want to build all onto the house. Like there's other things that we want to focus on. And I'm just glad that all of us are on the same page because it would be really. Well, yeah, that would be ugly if you want. That would be ugly. It would be totally ugly. Just imagine little May like, (laughs) I can't sit down anywhere. (laughs) If she was like 16. Could you imagine after you heard what you heard today? She, May, 16. Oh, my God. No, God help you. So anyway, what uh, you already t- talked about your thankfulness. So now what what do we ask our audience? Do you think that maybe they should No, I didn't. I didn't answer number 9. You didn't? No, I did not. Okay. No. Well, you said health and family. You never finished. So, I did not. So. Okay. I didn't even say health. Okay. All I right. never said it. Oh, well then I read it. Sorry. You read it. Killed the surprise. No, I'm just kidding. Ugh. Uh health. Yes. The thing I chose at the end that was hard to decide was mental and physical health that I personally have am mentally and physically healthy. I'm not in the best of shape necessarily, but I don't have anything broken or wrong with me. Like I've been watching my daughter's mental health incline and decline all year. My and my husband's physical health has has declined and inclined all year. And I just know a lot of like his family, you know, they have all kinds of stuff like fibromyalgia, you know, just like they somehow have a lot of physical stuff going on with them. And then I'm just acutely aware of mental health issues. I don't know. Like there was somebody famous that had a, a mental health issue this year. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I've learned a lot about addicts and addiction and how it really is never about that. And I don't know. I guess I just feel, I feel extremely grateful that I'm a sane and relatively healthy person and that my husband is sane and that my child is so far sane and physically healthy because I see that doesn't get to happen for everyone that your health is very health in general is very fragile not just being sick but having a long-term thing that you may have to live with forever whether it is mental illness or physical illness sucks even the smallest thing is sucky you know so I'm great I'm grateful for that for now those things are all wrapped up in a nice little package. Yeah. Maybe some of you would disagree, but it's true and, uh, and healthy. So that's good. good. I mean, especially coming off of a pregnancy where I was where I was both slightly crazy and had, you know, gestational diabetes and high blood pressure. Like, I'm grateful oh God, that I, I don't totally have to forgot that. about all that stuff, too. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I wasn't. I, it was a, it was a healthy pregnancy, but it was. The, but the danger of of bad health was always looming for me and for the baby. 
Right. And so this, yeah, I mean, it's the thing that I'm the most grateful for because I, I felt I, like I was always on the verge of sickness. Right. And now Scott is sick and, you know, he has something going on and then Emily is sick and I'm just glad I don't have to deal with it right now. For now, I'm fine. That's good. Good. Well, yay. Yay for health. And you're healthy. And yay. I'm healthy. Yay. I know. Woohoo. Yay. And no, and that's really, and I'm I mean. for how you guys are in the world too. I don't know. I was just about to say, I think I could live that way. But then you said you didn't have a couch and I changed my mind. Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's just like one of those things where. I think I could live in a cabin in the mountains and only eat Whole Foods and like not have cable. But then you said you had nowhere to sit and I was over it. <laughs> Well, no, it just depends on, like, you know, there's, like, you should see our neighbors, you know. We just have a really, like, it's not what we optimally want, but at least we're working towards, you know, changing everything. So that's what I think is is the hard part about what we're doing, you know. It's it's challenging sometimes to be able to, to do what we want to do and a little bit at a time, but I'm really super happy that we can. So Yeah, me too. All. It's yeah. very admirable. I appreciate so, that a lot about you. So we're 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 sturdy. We're sturdy folk that live over here. Yay! Yay! I I know I do I do somehow wonder what would happen during a wife swap. Oh my god, that would be the like, craziest would it, thing. Would it be so terrible? I, it might be. It might. Yeah, it might. <laughs> it might be bizarre. The most bizarre thing ever. Maybe not a wife swap, but what if you visited me and then I visited you? Like I don't want to swap. I would like for you to be there. Oh, right. That, I think that would make it even the funniest thing ever in the whole world, I think, is what would happen. I don't want to just have Randy and May and Hunter and no Elsie. Um, you know? I don't know if you'd be able to. I don't to want you to have Isaac and Scott and Emily and Nathan and no Jessica. I wouldn't wish that on most people. So certainly not you. Oh, my God. To have to fill my shoes without having any, without only, with only a booklet of instruction, like, that would be insane. That would be insane. I have to say, it would be insane for having all that crazy craziness. Those wives are brave. Think about what they're doing. It's so brave. I don't brave. even you don't want to think about it. I wonder if it's yeah. worth the money. So who knows? Anyway. But anyway, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Yay. Thanksgiving, everyone. Please let us know what you're the most thankful for. We're very thankful for you. Yes, absolutely. We'd be even more thankful if you'd follow us on Twitter, She Podcast, and uh, <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash podcast. And what else? And check out our gift guide. Now we're on Pinterest. That's our that's our 2015 gift guide. Is Pinterest.com. Just look for she. I think it's forward slash she podcast. Yeah, that's our absolutely. that's our 2015 gift guide. Please check it out. Obviously, it's free. You don't have to put in your email or do anything funky. Nope. Just take a look at it. Nope. It's kind of some fun stuff. I'd love to know what you guys think. And thanks for listening. And I don't know why I just closed this out without you. Anything else you'd like to add? That's all right. No, that is it. That is perfect. You took us home. Woohoo. And we're done. And we will meet you after Thanksgiving. And hopefully we'll get a little bit of feedback from you guys. Because that would be really fun and exciting to... Uh, Yay! Yeah. Yay! Okay. Love you. Love you, mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>